Hey, hockey moms, check out bluelinehockeyclub.com for all the past and future podcasts. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by... Hey, hockey fans, it's that time of year again. NHL playoffs are here and summertime barbecues. Stay in style this summer by the grill, pool, or at your casual get-togethers with Summer Skate. Summer Skates are the leading sports sandal footwear in the business with NHL team brands or your own personal logos on real hockey lace straps. Check them out at summerskates.com or go to bluelinehockeyclub.com and click on the link. You won't be disappointed. Summer skates are made with real hockey laces. Footbeds mold to your feet after a few wears. Summer skates are also washable, keeping your feet healthy and fresh. Summer skates. Stay fresh without the skates. Welcome back to the Blue Line Hockey Club, folks. We've got an exciting episode tonight. We have episode 59 tonight. We have the usual suspects sitting with us tonight. We have our IT guy, our local nerd on staff, Robbie P. Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, how you mama? And our producer, the guy that puts all this stuff together, makes it sound good on the show, does all the background and all the behind-the-scenes stuff for us at the Blue Line Hockey Club, Patrick Uncle Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. And your host tonight at the Blue Line Hockey Club, Mark, the Dr. Morley. Oh, doctor. And we got a legend sitting in with us tonight from the NHL. Guy that's been in the league for 17 years, recently retired a couple years ago, almost a thousand games in the NHL, one of the greats in the playoffs, Danny Breer. How you doing today, Danny? Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome. Good, good. Thank, thank you very much. Yeah, Thanks so, for coming uh, on, Danny. It's going well. It's going well here. Are you up in Maine right now? No, I'm in uh, I'm in Philly. Oh, oh nice. Wow. Is, that, is that your residence in the off season? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's where I'm based out of. Nice. I, I used to play for this team called the Philadelphia Wings uh, probably 10 years ago now. I played down there for about four years. So I know the and, Philadelphia. And they're back area. now. Yeah, they are back. It's nice to see that because they were one of the founding yeah. teams in the league. So it was cool to see them come back. Yeah, yeah. So they're uh, they're back and they're part of uh, uh, Comcast Spectacore, the same company that owns the Flyers uh, and the Maine Mariners. So that's how you ended up in Maine, right? You went over to the Philly organization and, and they brought yeah. you up to Maine? Correct, yeah. Nice. So you want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, how your season went up in Maine this year? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, with, uh, you know, it was it was pretty cool this year The uh, with the Mariners uh, being an expansion team. We didn't really know what to expect too much. You know, a bunch of new players kind of getting together, new coaching staff, Um so we didn't know what to expect, but overall, we're very happy with uh, with our season. We would have liked to make the playoffs. Um, that would have made it a little bit more special. But um, but yeah, overall, uh, you know, great experience and um, very happy with the first season. So, Danny, you're the uh, GM and uh, vice president of operations, or president of operations? Uh, I'm not too sure. Let me look. VP of operations. <laughs> so Paul Holmgren is still, uh, uh, you know, the man and uh, the big boss. So uh, that's who I report to. So with that said, are, are you still, you know, getting on the ice and um, kind of helping out in the coaching aspect, or do you kind of? Um... I, I did a little bit of it. Um, you know, but it wasn't really part of my my job per se. I did it because I uh, first of all Riley invited me to come on the ice with them, um, and also because I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's my passion. I played for so long, so having a chance to go on the ice with uh, with the guys was uh, was a blast. I really enjoyed it, and you know, thanks to Riley for giving me that uh, that opportunity. Yeah, Danny, Mark here. Uh, just a quick question. You did play 17 years in the show, and, um, you know, obviously you played many years before that. And um, after you hung up the skates, did you, was it something that you wanted to stay in hockey, or did that just kind of happen? Or, you know, a lot of times guys get done, and they're, you know, kind of done with uh, the whole hockey scene for a while, but it seems like you yeah. can't back in. 
I, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, obviously, hockey is my passion, and um, I was hoping to somehow stay involved. I, I didn't know if that opportunity would arise. You know, and then when I retired, Paul uh, Holmgren met up with me one day and invited me to uh, to follow him, learn what he was doing. Uh, he was now the president of the of the Flyers and kind of learn what he was doing, what his job was. Um, and that's how I kind of got involved. I followed him for, for a couple of years, got the chance to spend um, a lot of time watching every department in the organization, but everything on the business side. So uh, the finance department, the ticket sales, marketing, um, social media, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that was really an eye-opener for me, um, realizing everything that it entailed, uh, uh, put on the show every night. As players, you just think that you show up for the at the rink and, you know, fans will show up and here we go. But, uh, you know, I, I've been learning a lot. And then after doing that for two years, Comcast Spectacor won the Flyers, bought the uh, the main Mariners, and they asked me if I was interested in uh, in managing it. So um, it, it just kind of fell in my on my plate um, every step of the way. Uh, but at the same time, yes, I was definitely hoping that something would happen in, in the hockey world and I would have the chance to stay involved. Danny, I lived in Portland, Maine for a little over three years. And when I was there, it was the uh, Portland Pirates. Um, they usually put on a good show, a lot of fans. What's it like now? I know the Pirates are AHL in your East Coast um, Hockey League, but uh, how are the fans? Are they still packing the arena? Yes, definitely. And you know what? It was a little bit of a, a challenge at first uh, because they didn't know the product. They had, you know, they were like you mentioned an AHL team for so long. Um, that's what they were used to. Um, so we had a little bit of teaching with the fans to explain that the ECHL is is a good product. It's a good league. Um, there's a lot of good players in in that league. Um, but it, it took a little bit of time. Um, you know, as the season went on, it got better and better and better, and then the fan base was uh, coming back. So I, that's why I'm really excited about next year to see where we can take it and how far. Um, we can take it with uh, with the organization, with the fans, with the community. Um, but it's certainly uh, very exciting, and, and and the fans have, are starting to respond more and more. Um, so that that gives me a lot of hope for the future uh, in Portland. Definitely. Yep, Danny. I'm I'm curious. You know, as a player, you kind of saw both worlds: the transition to the new game, uh, starting in the old game. <laughs> How was that experience? translate to you know the the scouting and stuff you're doing now well um obviously a little bit of a little bit of a challenge um you know at first um but you know i i was up for it i i was excited honestly i enjoy it a lot more than than i even expected uh, i would you know it, it's it's really been a lot of fun um and having a chance to be involved as well on the hockey side. So Riley Armstrong is, is our head coach. He's done a fabulous job there and being involved with him, talking about different players and, and what they bring and what they do. And, you know, when we lose players, trying to find different guys and calling it around the league to, uh, you know, maybe make some trades. Um, uh, honestly, it's, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun. And um, I, I had a blast in my first year. Nice. Do you feel the pressures? Like, um, you know, when you're a player, you obviously like feel the pressure to score and perform as a GM. Do you feel the pressure to like get the right guys and make the right trades? And Oh, definitely. You don't want to get it wrong. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like anything else. I think we're, we're all super competitive, right? Um, so we want to get it right. Uh, we want to make sure it's the right decision. So yeah, that, that fire still burns. It, it doesn't go away. Yeah, so I just wanted to ask you, as he was talking about you know, how hockey has changed over the years and um, in your early playing career being 5'9", you know, like 180-ish, today's game fits that kind of style a lot more than back when you started. Feel any kind of like confidence issues when you got to the NHL being one of the smaller guys with all the clutching and grabbing still in the game? And, you know, do you think you would have been able to flourish more today in today's game? And that's a good question. I, um, you know, it's a, it's tough to answer. I, I don't know um, if it would have helped me all that much. Possibly, uh, but there's no guarantee. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I wish I could I could test it out. I wish I was as, as fast, as, you know, as I was uh, in as good of a shape as I was when I was 22, 23 years old. Unfortunately, uh, not anymore. But 
you know, I, I think it's exciting to watch the game now and watch in the playoffs how fast the game is. It's it's really impressive. But I, I, I don't have any regrets. Um, I, I enjoyed what I did for, for a long time. I had a blast. I had, you know, uh, everything I, you know, other than a Stanley Cup that I wanted uh, getting to the NHL. So, now it'd be fun to test, but th- th- there's also aspects where, the slower game, uh, the bigger guys. You always had bigger defensemen on your your bottom pairing. So if you were have, you have had, having the chance to be matched up against that third pairing, well, I knew I could take advantage of them with my speed. Where nowadays everybody can skate, even the big guys can skate really fast. So I don't know that there's much of an, an advantage now, you know, facing the bottom pairings because those guys are so good. So I, you know, it'd be interesting to see. I, I would love to give it a try, but uh, I'm, I'm too slow, unfortunately, for that now. <laughs> Damien, I'm, I'm curious. Who, who, if anybody, were you, you know, starstruck by when you first got into the league? And you know, did you have any mentors that you, you know, looked up to? Um, well, for for me, I, I think Wayne Gretzky was was the guy, um, the one that I had looked up to for so, so long that first time I I met him, uh, we were off the ice in L.A. one night, and I I met him. He stopped at the hotel um, to say hi to Rick Tockett, and uh, we were in the hallway. And just the fact that he knew my name, I, you know, I, I I didn't even know what to tell him. I didn't even know what to say. So that was uh, um, that was my uh, oh my god moment uh, meeting Wayne Gretzky. Um, that was definitely the one, and um, you know. But there, there's been a lot of a lot of guys that have helped me uh, over the years. I, I remember when I first started in the league, uh, Keith Kachuk invited me to the first camp to stay with him and his family. Um, then a couple years later, when I when I was called up, uh, Rick uh, not Rick Tuckett, um, uh, Jeremy Roenick invited me to stay with their family. Um, you know, Shane Doan was a good friend of mine and someone that. Um, really helped me uh, in my early years. Um, I also think about Chris Drury and, and his leadership and the way he approached the game. I learned a lot from him. You know, but I, I could go on and on and talk about a lot of different guys that I, I was able to pick up some stuff on from, uh, but we'd be here all day, unfortunately. Um, you know, what you try to do <laughs> is you get to try the best, uh, get the best from from uh, every individual and try to learn from, from them. And definitely was uh, really cool to have the chance to uh, be able to sit in the dressing room besides guys that I had watched on TV before growing up. So that was a really cool. Danny, with the playoffs in right now, um, you know, you were Mr. Clutch in the playoffs. Um, I think you're right up there. There's a record. I think Mark has it close to Wayne Gretzky. Um, record. 30 points. 30, 30 points, points in the playoff season. So what what made you turn that switch on? I I mean, not to uh, say anything on the regular season, but in the playoffs, you just turned that switch. And what was that for you? I don't know. I, I wish I had a a more clear cut answer. Um, <laughs> you know, it's one it's one of those things. I I mean, I I got fired up. I grew up watching playoff hockey. I remember my dad when we were young, uh, first round of the playoffs. Um, you know, you would get out all the TVs and we'd be watching, you know, three, four games at a time. That's what I remember growing up watching hockey. And um, that always kind of stuck with me. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Uh, but I know I was always, uh, I was from an early age, I was always fired up and mesmerized by, by playoff hockey. There was something about it that, you know, still to this day, I, I, I don't play anymore, but I watch almost every single game um in the playoffs and and i still love it the same way i, I used to yeah we loved watching you oh, thanks. Yeah, so, so danny what like i think it was uh your second to last year in the league uh, you went back to montreal and um you're from the area right montreal area correct yeah yeah so and i know i think that year you guys ended up making to the conference finals and um, had a really good season but um was there something there that that just didn't fit for you i don't know i, I saw some things that um you know, after the season, you wanted to leave Montreal. Was it not the experience that you, you would have thought as a young kid going to play for the Canadians? Uh, no, that's not true. Um, it, it was, you know, one of those things that I, I wanted. I felt fortunate to have the chance to play in Montreal. Uh, I look back and nobody can, can take that away from me. Uh, I'm very proud to have had the chance to wear that, that uniform. Um, yes, it, it, it was tough. There was different cir- circumstances that, that made it tough. Uh, at the time, and it was probably better for me to to go play somewhere else. 
um, at the time, but I really enjoyed my time there. And it was a lot of fun playing in front of my friends and family, having the playoff run that, that we had that year, going all the way to the uh, the conference final was, was very special. You know, but I, I obviously didn't really fit in, in their plan. And, you know, all it was was they were giving me the chance to go finish somewhere where I, I would have the chance to play a little bit more. So I, I would, you know, I just want to make sure that I get out there. I'm a Sabres fan and, you know, really enjoyed watching you play while you were in <laughs> Buffalo. I, I yep. want to make sure that I say that. Um, is there uh, one team over, you know, not over the other, but is there one experience for one team that, you know, you particularly stands out for you or you appreciate more than the other? You know what? I, I played for five different teams. And all five have something special. You know, when I look and in, in, in a quick word on um, on each of them, if, if you know, uh, the Phoenix Coyotes is where I had my start. You know, yeah. you never forget your first goal, your first game in the NHL. The Buffalo Sabres is where I had my chance. I got to play and become the player that, that, that I could become. They gave me that opportunity. Uh, Philadelphia was kind of the meat of my career where uh, we had a lot of success in the playoffs, a lot of good memories from, from all those years. Then I went to Montreal. Montreal was a childhood dream to play in, in my hometown team that I watched growing up. And then to close out the chapter uh, was Colorado, um, where uh, I loved Patrick was as a coach. And, and I knew I was at the end of my career, and I really got to enjoy um, just myself just playing just no worries just go out and play so every team has you know something special and uh, that's part of my story and that's that's why i love it so much um i'm still involved with the flyers i'm i still live in in philadelphia um so obviously the, the you know the flyers are close to, to my heart uh, right now but all five teams have a special place yeah you lived with claude drew right at one point Correct. Uh, after his, uh, it was a second year pro, I believe, second or third year pro. I, I was going through a, uh, a divorce on my own, and um, you know, I uh, I invited to come and stay with me and, and the kids at the time, and uh, it, it was it was a blast. We had lots of lots of fun. Um, he, <laughs> he became kind of an uncle to uh, to the boys, and uh, still to this day, when they see him, they uh, they treat him like he's uh, he's an old old uncle um, that they like to make fun of. So uh, it's actually pretty fun. It's almost uh, Jersey Shore time for you guys. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we do spend some time at the shore in, in the summer. You know, it's, a, it's a great area, great, great place. Uh, the boys spend a lot of time, a lot of summers there. So it was uh, still something that we do to this day, yeah. Your boys playing hockey? They, yeah, the, the three boys still play hockey. Um, my oldest uh, plays club hockey at University of Alabama. Um, he was a freshman this year, and uh, he, he had a blast. He loves the the big school atmosphere. gets gets to watch some really good football games, um, <laughs> and he he keeps playing as well. So uh, he's having a blast. Um, Carson, my middle son, plays in the NAHL uh, Junior League in in the U.S. Um, his team is uh, is in the Final Four now um, in the playoffs. Um, hoping to, and this starts this weekend, the third round. Um, and he just got committed about two months ago to uh, Arizona State University. Um, he'll be uh, heading down there uh, this summer to start his college career as well. And then we have one, Cameron, our youngest, uh, who's still at home and is finishing high school this year and will be going to uh, University of Southern Maine uh, in the future. Cool. Very cool. Nice. Well, Danny, we appreciate your time. We know you're a busy guy, and uh, we're excited to get you on. I mean, it's not often that we get somebody that spent 17 years in NHL and has all the experience and knowledge that you have and give us a little background of what's going on up in Maine, and we wish you the best of luck up there next year. Hope Thanks for sharing have. your story, yeah. We'll yeah, well, it. thank you. Thanks for having me. It's always fun uh, talking hockey. Um, it's still my life. I still love it. You know, sometimes people are afraid to to talk hockey. Um, if I meet them at a party or at a restaurant somewhere, um, you know, but that's what I tell them. It's like this, this is my life. This is what I love doing. So, um, always a pleasure to talk talk hockey. All right. Thanks, thanks for, for coming, coming on. on. Yep. We're honored, Danny. Hey. Well, thanks, guys. Take care. Bye bye. See ya. Good interview, boys. Danny Bier. I mean, you don't get a 
you don't get guys that's played a thousand games in the NHL too often to come on the show. And it's nice to see people get back and talk to the community about what they did um, in their careers and, you know, what he's still doing now to give back to the, I mean, cause he doesn't, he made a lot of money in his, his day. I mean, he had some big ass contracts that he signed over the years and uh, you know, he doesn't have to keep working and at 41 years old, he could be retired for life. So kind of cool to see him staying in the game. One of the best. Pretty, yeah, pretty I awesome. I think he signed like uh, an eight-year deal. I don't know if it was with uh, Philly um, for like fifty-four million dollars or something like that. Ten million dollar guaranteed up front. I mean, he was a big-time player. He made big-time bucks. You know, he wasn't like a million-dollar-a-year guy. So I mean, to, for him to go up and take a GM job, I don't know what that pays in the, in the ECHL. But you know, that's kind of cool that he's still giving back to uh, the sport that he loves. Yeah, just continues to love hockey, likes to get on the ice, he said, with the uh, East Coast team that he's uh, the GM for and uh, watching his kids play. And he, and he even said he still likes to talk hockey, so uh, yep. just loves the sport, and like most hockey players, including ourselves. Yeah, I mean, we would have a podcast. Yeah. Nice guy, all around nice guy. Yeah, yeah so we should be able to uh, talk to some college hockey guys in the next week or so and get that going and get back to uh, some college hockey and a little change from our NHL interviews. So. We having that coming up next too, boys. Let's get into a little NHL playoffs. Uh, our program. We want to touch a little bit I on just, summer skates too, right, Patrick? Yeah, I just wanted uh, you read my mind, Mark. Uh, summer skates is uh, one of the leading uh, companies in sandals. The footwear company gave us some uh, skates to try on. Um, real hockey laces. Um, I've been wearing mine for a little over a week now, and. Uh, they're tight at first, but now they molded right into my feet. And uh, to be honest, and I'm not just saying this, they're really, really comfortable. Definitely will uh, get some get some more once these wear out, if they wear out. But, uh, yeah, you can throw them in the wash. You can air dry them. Get on to summerskates.com or go to uh, bluelinehockeyclub.com, and we got a link right on our website. You can pre-order your uh, sandals with your logo on it. You can get a whole team. So you can get your whole team on there or your company or whatever you want. But uh, pretty classy, too. You can wear them with a nice pair of jeans or uh, whatever you want to do. For yeah, I'm a, I'm a pretty big dude, and uh, the double XLs are nice. They're comfy for big guys like myself. So, you know, go, go get them. <laughs> a lot them. of pressure on us, babies. Go get them. <laughs> a lot of shock, you know. They're nice. So, yeah. I've worn them ever since I got them. So. Yeah, great product, and uh, we have some – we have some pretty cool. Uh, it's it's a great name too. Summer skates, uh, you know, for for sandals for hockey guys, and it's uh, you know they're cool because they have the hockey laces, and we have some pretty fly ones with the Blue Line Hockey Club logo on them. And uh, you know, it's we're gonna give a couple pairs away here in the future on the Blue Line Hockey Club. So stay tuned and check them out on you know our, our social media. And our- let's get a code word tonight for uh, to give out a free pair. What's the code word gonna be, Rob? You come up with it. All right, what we'll figure that? it out. We'll we'll release it later on. Let's get into the playoffs and uh, talk about that. But I'll think about it and we'll release it in a little bit. So there'll be a code word here eventually in the podcast. And the first one, um, you know, follow and retweet Twitter. Uh, we'll send you a free pair of summer skates. Awesome, though. I I really like the summer skates. Look, the bottom line is, if you're a, if you love hockey, you get it. If you don't love hockey, you don't you won't get it. <laughs> All right, so we love hockey, so we're going to get into these NHL playoffs, folks. And it's kind of winding down, boys. We're getting to the conference finals. we got a game going on right now with San Jose. Nate McKinnon is out. He's out. Out with uh, possibly a shoulder. Collarbone, they were saying here on the NBCSN, fell into the boards. Um, That's a big loss for them, uh, especially tonight in Game 7, right? Huge. Huge loss. Yeah, I know that's big. I mean, that series has been a battle, um, and obviously that top line for Colorado has been, you know, Ratnan and uh, you know McKinnon, and those guys have just really been um, contributors to that team. And I, I'm kind of curious to see what happens without McKinnon in the next uh, uh, period, two periods. And the, the last game that I watched, you know, they were talking a lot about how we had actually mentioned it in our last podcast how the coach is shortening the bench, you know, and how short can he make that bench and still have the juice at the end of the game to win? So, you know, that 
without McKinnon now, and they're already trying to shorten the bench to get the points from their top guys. You know, now they're pulling a third liner up, trying to you know, fill in that spot. And are they going to be able to? Yeah, here's here's the other side of that is you know, look, here's the opportunity for some of the boys to uh, to to rise and and make a name for themselves. Nate McKinnon is not going to be there for them to lean on. So somebody going to rise and score some goals today or not? That's what I want to say. Yeah, yeah. so ne- neither team has won consecutive games in this series. The Sharks won games one, three, and five. Avalanche responded to tie this series each time with victories in game two, four, and six. San Jose is seven and four in the in game seven in its history, including the 5-4 overtime win uh, against the Golden Knights in the first round of this year. And um, Colorado is 4-6 and six in Game 7 since relocating from Quebec. So, you know, with McKinnon out tonight, it's, I mean, who look, knows what's going to happen. Looking at this year, San Jose is going to be a tough team to beat without. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean I, from what I saw, I mean, I've, I've been watching quite a bit of these West Coast games and running on empty the next day. But San Jose ha- has a lot of good players. You know, they have a great defensive core. I mean, look at look at who they've got. You know, you got guys like Carlson and Burns on the same team. You know, those guys are the top two defensemen arguably in the league, and they have so have high high scoring defensemen. Their goalie's been playing great, and um, you know they have they're pretty deep. At, the offensive forward end. So the, 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 what I've been seeing in this series is that Colorado just can't seem to keep up with the depth as far as um, on the offensive side of the game, you know, so that's why they were talking about, well, we can't, we can't be playing our third and fourth line as much because they're not producing. And that's why they started to shorten the bench and they weren't getting their fourth liners out there that much. So I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next period. I mean, it's all about bounces. So you know, we saw it last night in the Dallas and uh, St. Louis game. That game could have went either way. Both goalies were hot in that in that game. I don't know if we want to get into that series right now or not, but yeah, we can. I mean, I mean, Ben Bishop. Ben, yeah, Bishop. ben Bishop. Unbelievable game last night. I feel bad for uh, him actually. Unbelievable series. I mean, he might have been the talk of uh, that series. I mean, games one and two, Dallas had really no production from their you know big line couldn't really do too much so the coach kind of juggled the lines a little bit hoping to uh you know get some scoring threat um the third line was doing everything for Dallas Ben Bishop like I said was just on fire um and and like I you know I just said stars just failed to generate offense yeah and Pat Maroon in game three had the goal had the game winner four three game four was in Dallas um, Dallas wins that game. You know, like I talked earlier, they're alternating games. Went back to game five in St. Louis. Ben Bishop stopped 38 of 39 shots on that. Game six went back to Dallas. They had that controversy call. Did you guys see that where uh, Bishop took that shot to like the clavicle or the uh, shoulder? Went down like kind of in pain and was rolling on the ice. And then, uh, the Blues kind of shot the puck and scored there. Do you guys remember seeing that? It happened. It, yes, I did. It, it happened, obviously, in, in much you know quicker time than what you just described it. But, um, yeah, he was looking through a crowd, and the guy from the shot. defense took a slap shot, and it, it clipped him in the, in the shoulder. <clears throat> Look, that's part of the game. You don't just get to you know roll around and squeal like a pig. No, well, the, the thing was, you know, some people were saying they should have blow, blown the whistle, called it dead, but uh, St. Louis had the puck. They're in control of the puck. So, you know, the refs. The figured, goal was scored. Fat, I mean, the goal had already been scored. He, he was hit, laid to the ground, and by the time he was on the ground, the shot back to the net and the tip in had already, you know, is happening just after that. Well, I'd say there was a little bit of a pause. It had to be at least three to five seconds. But, uh, um, you know, the the refs, you know, said that, you know, he was in no immediate danger. He was hurt. But their team, Dallas, didn't have control of the puck, so they can't blow it dead. And uh, the the shot came from the point, and it tipped in and went and scored a goal. So that was a big uh, tide turner there. But – 
Yeah, Patrick Maroon is just the uh, the man, though. He won in, what, two overtimes, scored the goal from St. Louis. Yep, hometown big boy. Big-time goal for him in his career, for sure. What a great series, though. Double OT, Game 7, hometown boy scores Game 7. You can't script it any better there. That was a great series. Yeah, and, and Bishops had 52 saves last night in that game. It was a fifth, fifth overall for a goalie in a Game 7 as far as uh, saves. So, he, you know, he stood on his head. But you know what? You can't give him all the credit because Dallas had their chances and they shut him down. Their goalie played just as well. I mean, he had yeah, some saves in that overtime last night too. And it was a battle of the goalies last night. I mean, I watched it all. And there was chances on both ends in, the, in those you know, overtime and a half. And it could have went either way. It was just one of those things that was just waiting for the puck to bounce the right way. And And, and that's what happened. You know, the goal that was scored in that game – hit the pipe, and then hit off the back of Bishop and was in the crease, and then Maroon happened to be right there and tapped it in. So, I mean, it wasn't like they took a shot from the slot and it was a nice goal. It was just one of those bounces where it hit the pipe and just happened to hit uh, Bishop's shoulder and land behind him in the net, like right in the crease. So, I mean, it wasn't something that was a spectacular goal. It just they, No, they got no. Right I mean, yeah, he took a garbage goal, and you take that to the bank, man. Hammer it every oh, time, yeah. but um, yeah, I was just waiting for it. You know, I, was yep. just, I just feel it. That's the way it was going to go because the goalies. If you had a shot from the slot, they were stopping it last night on both ends. And that's and, why it drives me nuts when I see people go by the net. You always go to the goal and you stop because when that puck, I mean, it could ricochet off in another direction. But if it stops in front of that net, you should be there to jam it. Easier said than done. Sure, yeah, but, uh, you can't Charlie do it from behind McAvoy. the net though. Charlie McAvoy suspended. Yeah, just real quick on that, Rob. Uh, you know, uh, that's like one of the hardest things to teach. And when we were kids, when you Absolutely. think about the drills that you did in practice, you got the puck, you went down the ice, you shot the puck, you went to the corner and got back in line. You know, so it's like, all right, so why are we teaching these kids to shoot the puck and then go to the, go to the corner and get in line, right? So that's one of the things that they're trying to teach young kids now is, you know, all right, there's no more drills where you just shoot the puck and go get in line. It's like you shoot the puck and then there's another puck coming in from the corner, from a, from a coach, or they're trying to get these guys to stop. Because even at the NHL level, you see these guys that shoot the puck in the airplane around the back of the net. It's like, you know, it, even at that level, they're still doing it, right? So it's kind of one of those things that just drilled in their heads. What year? <laughs> I got to chuckle. What what year was it, Pat? I, I might hurt some feelings by telling this story, but <laughs> what year was it that uh, I took over practice and decided we weren't going to follow the coaches and we did our own drills? Oh, that was like Bantams, I want to say. Rick Parks was the head coach. Rob didn't, uh, Rob didn't agree with the drills we were doing. And it got actually in a pretty good argument. And Bonesy just said, fuck it. You take over the practice, Rob. Do what the fuck you want. So Rob actually uh, coached the rest of the practice. I did. I think we scrimmaged, didn't we? No, we didn't. <laughs> Breakaway City. <laughs> we did some fun stuff. We did stuff that I well, I, I don't remember exactly what we did, but I know we did stuff that we all thought was was uh, worth it. What'd you guys think on uh, McAvoy's set? You know what? I still haven't seen it. I've heard all about it. You know, I I read all about it. Under after. a fucking rock or in a restaurant or something. <laughs> I know, I know. I just I keep hearing about it, but I, I just can't catch the highlight of it because I didn't see that game. But all I do so, is hear about it. Look, he, he came I'll, in like a missile. Go ahead. go ahead, Pat. I'll let you set it up. I was just going to paint a picture. So the player had the puck. I don't even know who the player was. Rob can figure that out when I'm talking. Um, the player just stepped over the blue line, skating against the boards. I think uh, Charo was on him, just kind of you know remotely close enough to get a stick. He was going to rub him out. And then McAvoy just comes out of fucking nowhere. And just throws a shoulder into him, and it hits. Josh him. Anderson, nothing but the head. You know, Look, I I think it was I think it was a good call. I think he should be suspended. Uh, maybe yes, his for, intention his attention was not to do that, but it was a penalty for sure, and it, it would look pretty nasty. Yeah, I mean, from any player's perspective that has ever put skates on and watched that, is going. Had he lowered his shoulder and hit that guy shoulder to shoulder, he would have decked him. It had been a clean hit, and nobody could have said any. Well, that that may have been, but 
Uh, well, I'm just saying that he would have hit him closer. fucking hard. Yeah. Well, it had been closer. Well, it was a, it had been a clean hit was my point, but um, yeah, you know, he came through and had the chance to uh, go shoulder to shoulder and came through at the eyeballs. So I'm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah and for the people that that don't remember. Uh, McAvoy, who's been out a couple times this year due to hits like that on himself with concussions. So I don't think he would do that on purpose, being a guy that's been sitting out due to con concussions on himself. Uh, you know, nobody wants to get a concussion because those things just lead into more concussions and end your, end your career. So, you know, it, it's, you know, for his defense, you know, we're all really competitive people. And when you're playing at that level and you're playing at that speed, you can't even really decide like how you're going to hit that guy. You know, right, you right. if it's fast and it's, you know, if it's a slow hit and you really take a dirty hit at somebody, yeah. But I mean, this is playoff hockey and they're going hard and the refs aren't really calling that much. And you're just trying to lay people out and go hard and win the game. So yeah, I, I don't think he probably did that on purpose. He's just trying yeah, to, I mean, yeah. And, and the player, the, you know, the player that got hit, I mean, he could have held up there for a split second where McVoy was, you know, going body to body, but with him holding up and kind of stepping back, your head goes forward and your body comes backwards. And, you know, that's a possibility, but either way, it's a penalty and uh, they got him. It was a good call, but uh, that's yeah, a pretty big loss for Boston going into uh, Carolina. Yeah. Just real quick before we get into that, um, I see a lot of that happening with the high stick calls, like where this stuff is happening so fast and you hit somebody and your stick gets, hit by the other guy and it flies up in the air and hits somebody in the face and it's like most of the time it's not a player trying to direct their stick to somebody's head you know yeah. it's whether you hit somebody and in the process of hitting somebody your stick goes flying up in the air because you can't control it and it hits somebody in the head you know so it's sometimes you know, your own player yeah you know it's it, those, <laughs> a lot of those calls it's like as soon as they get hit in the face they just grab their face and look for blood you know that's the first reaction from the player that gets hit and he's hoping he can scratch his face enough to get some blood on his hand <laughs> you know looking for that five minute penalty bite, bite your lip hey real quick what was was it carolina where they shot the puck it hit the fucking net came back down hit the, the net above the glass Came down into play, dropped. It was it was McAvoy. Actually, it was McAvoy was playing. Columbus in Boston. Yeah, it was a Columbus game because McAvoy was the defenseman. He was like, where the hell did the puck go? And uh, Columbus shoots the puck and scores. It's like, where were you on that one, ref? Like, it hit the fucking net 10 feet up in the air. You couldn't see that shit? Seriously, I mean, that there's was... three or four on the ice now, and not one of you got Yeah, it I mean, that's kind of like retarded. It happened so quick, I mean. They slowed it down even, you know, because real time on TV, you couldn't really tell until they slowed it down. But uh, they couldn't review the call. Um, the goals, you know, stood as a goal, obviously. But uh, it, it went pretty fast. I mean, the net, you know, that the net behind the rink there is supposed to be a little, should have a little slack in it to kind of cushion that puck if it hits it. It's not supposed to be tight to bounce right back. So I'm sure the, uh, the arena staff in that arena went over there and loosened up that net a little bit because it shouldn't <laughs> bounce back that quick. It's not, uh, you know, it's yeah. supposed to have, like I said, a little slack. It like yeah. the puck was like nowhere to be found, and then it like bounced back to the front of the net and it scored. And they were like, "Yeah, hey, bingo!" <laughs> there it bingo. is. It was in front of the net the whole time. Yeah, you should have heard Don Cherry. He went off on that that night. I was watching the intermission. They had Don Cherry on and. Uh, he just was going crazy about it. But, you know, I mean, maybe that should be reviewable. I mean, it did go out of play, and then they scored. It seems like the other stuff that they review, I think they would review stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, but. if it's out of play, it should be reversible. The puck went out of play, therefore that goal is, is not good. Yeah. yeah. So Tortorella, uh, he kind of had to put his, his uh, hat in his hands because he guaranteed a game seven and, you know, this and that. And, yeah, they, they didn't make it happen. So, uh, Bruce Pedrow, he guaranteed uh, playoffs too. So that doesn't <laughs> happen. What do you guys think about uh, that series, Boston and Carolina? Who, who do you think is going to be the victor there? Who's going to the Stanley Cup, or who would you like to see? Well, I'm geez. a big I'm a big Bruins fan. Moving to Raleigh, it's tough for me, but uh, for uh, you know ticket price, I don't know. 
I'd, well, I'd like to I'd like to see McAvoy just because he's friends of the podcast go to the Stanley Cup, but I'd like to see Carolina. So I'm fifty fifty to be honest. I don't really care who wins. Uh, moving to Carolina, like I said, I'd like to see the Hurricanes. Uh, Boys like the GM now. Yeah, uh, best friends of the GM. Well, we had dinner, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for me, for that series, it's uh, I think that's going to come down to goaltending. I don't know what's going to be going on with uh, Carolina with Mrazic out. Um, their backup has been playing uh, great. What's his name? Um, McKinley. McKinley. Yeah, he's he's been playing well. Uh, he actually played really well in the last three games that he played. And so if Tuka Rask is on his game, I think that's going to be advantage Bruins. Um, yeah, definitely. The, the Carolina – team itself has had a lot of camaraderie lately. I mean, the captain Williams has been like really pulling that team together. Um, they're really following him playing. Everybody's playing well stall. Uh, I mean, they've had their, their big players have been contributing and, you know, I, I just see it coming down to goaltending, you know, both teams are good. The Bruins have uh, a great deep team. So I, I mean, depends. I mean, if, do they bring Morazic even bring him back now after they won three games in a row without him? Does he even start anymore? You know, that's going to be a decision that coach has to make. That's going to be a maybe tough decision uh, to make, yeah. Maybe that's why uh, the GM, uh, Don, was at Charlotte Checkers game, just checking out the goalie, seeing if they should bring him up or not. But uh, I agree with you, Mark, especially with that goalie out. Um, I don't know what they're going to do, you know. They're definitely going to have to pull someone up from the AHL. And uh, if Tukarask is not – Stands on his head, like you said, man. I think it's uh, Boston Bruins prevail. Yeah, and I think that was part of the, you know, the part of the win for Boston in uh, the last series with Columbus with goaltending with Tuka Rask playing well. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, you do have some guns on Boston that are going to be tough to, to stop, you know, and we'll see how much bullshit Marchant gets into and <laughs> you know, how much controversy he causes. But, you know, I think it's going to be a great series, and I, I'm excited to watch it, you know, and it's a bunch of jerks have had that season. It's like one of those things you look back at it a couple of years from now and everybody talks about the bunch of jerks and, you know, they went on to win the Stanley cup and blah, blah, blah. It's like a story, you know, storyline they can see down the road, but it, I think they're going to have a tough road when they go to Boston. Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll see the first two games. I'm, I'm going to try and go see games three and four, uh, depending on, you know, how they do and everything. Nice. That should be yeah, fun. So what's, what's the score right now with uh, that San Jose game? Are they still up one nothing? Two to one, San Jose, with eleven minutes left in the uh, second period. McKinnon definitely out. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, we've been talking about the Blues for about what two three weeks before the playoffs started, and like we talked about, they had the best record in the last two months of the of the regular season out of anybody in the league, and you know, it goes to show that they peaked at the right time and and that's got them to the conference finals. So, you know, you got a team like the Blues, man, they're, they've been playing hard for the last three months and they're going to be, no matter if it's Colorado or San Jose, I mean, that's going to be a tough battle between those teams out West. And, you know, I think the advantage goes to St. Louis at this point. I mean, St. Louis was, you know, the bottom of the barrel in the league halfway through the season. They barely clinched that second wild card going into playoffs. And now look at them. Um, Byington's on fire. We've been saying it constantly on this podcast. And I, I said it, you know, in the regular season to win the Stanley Cup, it's all about the goalie. And to me, you know, all the playoffs so far to date has been the goalies, right? Bishop, Byington, Tukarask. That's all we've been talking about. So, to be a GM or own an NHL team, man, you have to have two stellar goalies. And even it might even deeper with Carolina. I mean, they got two guys out. Um, so goalies is the, the key. So, Mark, I just want to make sure I'm, I'm clear. You're, you're saying that uh, uh, St. Louis is going to take the series, whoever wins out of the uh, Sharks in Colorado? You think they're going to well, yeah, I just you know, the way they're playing right now, uh, Tarasenko is 
has been playing great, and you know they O'Reilly's been playing great. Adam Marone, and yeah, goalies have been playing awesome. You know they just seem to go. Yeah, I mean they just they just be playing well. I feel like the Sharks, you know that Sharks and uh, Colorado series. I don't see either team being like dominant. You know, the team dominant yeah they're going back and forth they're, they're yep. splitting games but yep. it doesn't seem like one team's that much better than the other and if colorado ends up pulling it out tonight then you're going to have two wild card teams in that conference final and then the other side in the east you have a wild card team with with carolina you know so look at the parity there in the league um with potentially having three wild card teams in the conference finals as san jose wins you still have it's about the same right san jose and the bruins are about you know, equal as far as records go going into the playoffs. And then, you know, then you're going to have two wild card teams. So if the Blues and Carolina end up winning the conference finals and you get two wild card teams in the Stanley Cup championship, I mean, that's going to be great for the NHL to just have fans from those cities knowing that, you know, they were the best teams all year, but they they were in the Stanley Cup finals. And, you know, it's just good for hockey. You know what yeah. I mean? It's a good sport. Well, we, what we were talking about was momentum, right? And, and, Carolina and I, I agree. Carolina and St. Louis both have momentum coming right now. Carolina squeaked into the playoffs. They just barely got in when it was, uh, you know, Minnesota was battling for that spot. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dallas was battling for the spot. You know, so well, they weren't even really sweeping an Islanders team that swept. Uh, you know, the, I forget who they played, but the Islanders swept in, right? Yeah, they swept the first round. Yeah, um, so they just, got swept. just strange. I mean, it's, it, it makes for an amazing, you know, it's been an awesome NHL uh, playoff season anyways. But Yeah, with um, Colorado, they, they lost a couple games and Minnesota won a couple games. They're not even playing in the playoffs, you know. So, I mean, for them to even get to where they are, they're doing great. And, um, you know, it's been great for McCarr to get in and play in this many games in his first season. It's still early in that game. They still have a chance to win that game. So, you know, I, I I really don't care who wins that series. I don't know about you guys. Anybody have a team that they like in that game? I I, I see Jumbo Joe Thornton go to the Stanley Cup, possibly win the Stanley Cup. Playoff leaders right now in points is Logan Couture. He's got 14 points, nine goals. I'd like I'm going for San Jose just because of the players they have, and um, I'm a big fan of. Jumbo Joe Thornton because he was drafted by the Boston Bruins, played in Boston for a while, uh, being a Boston fan. So I'd like to see him. I'm I'm always the uh, I always like to see a a guy with a stellar career um, end his season with the Stanley Cup. Yeah, Jumbo Joe Thornton is from London, Ontario, and he's actually uh, friends with Ryan Prentice from the Cena here. Um, Ryan, a friend of mine, so we might be able to touch base after the season. Get Joe on, uh, hopefully. And talk about awesome. his run of the Stanley Cup and possibly being in the Cup uh, if they get past St. Louis and Colorado. So yeah, we got some good hockey coming up, boys. Uh, I, I'm really excited to see this Bruins Carolina series. I've been kind of becoming a Carolina fan a little bit in the last uh, few series here. I've been rooting for them. I mean, it's been great to see them win that Game Seven. The podcast, the Blue Line Hockey Club, is. Uh... Minnesota Wild and soon to be Carolina Hurricanes. New uh, satellite offices opening soon. So uh, <laughs> exciting yeah, playoffs uh, should be good. Can't wait. Yeah, Pat. How was uh, just before we uh, get off here today? San, San Jose just scored three one. Three one. Doctor. Seven minutes left in the second. What's that, yeah, Mark? Just a lot of time. I just wanted to. Uh, Get a little bit of your experience at the AHL Checkers game. You represented the Blue Line Hockey Club down there a week ago, and you know how was that playoff game you went to? Uh, it was really good. Uh, Charlotte Checkers, the affiliate of the Carolina Hurricanes, is in Charlotte, North Carolina. They play at the Bojangles Arena. The arena is really nice. Um, packed house when I went. Uh, really good atmosphere. They're playing uh, the Hershey Bears at a Pennsylvania. Um, in the semis, uh, pretty some pretty good fights. Uh, everything was pretty good. Uh, you know, I've been watching the AHL a little bit with the Iowa Wild, uh, currently playing the Chicago Wolves. It's it's getting pretty good. I mean, the Calder Cup Finals, man, it's uh, it's exciting. It's a um, pretty good hockey market in Charlotte, and uh, I had a good time. 
Um, they got a uh, arena where there's a bar downstairs, and where you're drinking at the bar, the players walk right through the bar. So, um, you know, there's people sweeping the floor, and then they throw down some rubber mats real quick uh, between each intermission, and um, they walk right by. So um, I didn't want to be in the bar. I was forced in the bar, but um, – <laughs> I was there, and uh, it was a good time. Really I didn't time. want to be drunk in public. They threw me <laughs> into public. <laughs> and, and I actually met the GM of the uh, Carolina Hurricanes there, Don Waddell. Uh, very nice guy. Talked to me for a little while. You know, thanked me for the support of uh, watching the Hurricanes and coming to the game. Can't thank him enough. He was just a really nice guy. And uh, I think he's going to come on to the podcast uh once the season's over. So uh should be exciting to hear what he has to say. Yeah, especially if they win the cup, eh? That'd be nice. And he, he said if they win the cup, that he would uh, bring it to the Blue Line Hockey Club office. Get some pictures. Get some pictures. Drink out of that cup a little bit there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, boys. Uh, Guys, a, good uh, a lot of uh, good hockey talk. Real good talk with Danny Barrera today. Um you know, legend in the NHL, almost a thousand games in the NHL. One of the nastiest guys to ever play in the playoffs. So just turned it on. Um, check out his stat sheet. You'll see he's one of the greatest in the playoff history for the NHL. Uh, so good to have a guy from you know, not too far from where we grew up. Yeah, on the no, show. Quebec. Yep, just up the street from where we are, um, where we grew up. So good talk with him tonight. And yep, thanks for coming out, Danny. Rob, one of Rob's favorites, Danny Briere. Buffalo Sabres guy. So good to have him on. We have basically the conference finals coming up to talk about next week. That's going to be pretty cool. And uh, just to give another shout out to Summer Skates, uh, check out their website. Pat, what's their website? Uh, www.summerskates.com. You go on there and do whatever you want. You can custom order. You have to get 12 pairs, get a dozen in order to – get your logo on there, but uh, they're fairly cheap and they're uh, very comfortable. So uh, yeah, very cool. go under summer, summer or go to uh, bluelinehockeyclub.com and there's a link. Uh, next week we got Casey Jones coming on the head coach of Clarkson hockey. Um, so we'll have to see what he has to say. Big program up there in uh, upstate New York, Potsdam, New York. So, Podcast uh, number 60. There we go, boys. All right, boys. Is uh good show and we'll be back next week make sure you get on our bluelinehockeyclub.com and subscribe to our our website we can need a uh, code word don't we before we sorry to interrupt mark what's the code word rob was coming up one who wants some free summer skate tonight all you got to do is go on twitter follow us tweet the word grizzly grizzly is the keyword and uh we'll send you per- the chew lardy <laughs> Grizzly <laughs> too, and we oh, will no we'll send you some summer skates. Just DM me uh, your address, and I'll send you over some summer skates. So the keyword is grizzly, and uh, retweet that on um, Twitter. All right, boys, you heard it here. Get on bluelinehockeyclub.com, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, share us with all your friends. And if you like our show, make sure you give us a review on. Uh, iPodcast and Google Play and Stitcher and review us and give us five stars and let everybody know how good we are here at Blue Line Hockey Club. Until next week, folks, keep your stick on the ice. Tea! Sweet Oh! Doctor! Yeah. Uh.